Thank you, babe. Michelle just brought me a beer. Enabling Chris's alcoholism is kind of a red flag. That Sorry. is the topic of next episode. <laughs> Can Chris get sober? Tune in. They say home is where the heart is. So I wonder why your motherfucker always feeling heartless. Welcome to episode 18 of Doubly Negative. As always, I'm here with my friend Kyle. Oh, fu- I messed that up. Leave this in, Jake, but... I'm Chris, as always, here with my friend Kyle. Kyle, how are you? I'm doing all right, Chris. It's a little early here, but uh, it's going to be like that for the next few days because I'm on a trip here. Yes, you are. And I appreciate your dedication because you woke up, you were messaging me at around 3 a.m. your time, and you still woke up for 6.30, got to a cafe, and here we are recording. That's dedication. Well, I'm dedicated. Yeah, I want to be here, Chris. This this podcast means a lot to me right now. So, yeah, here I am. Yeah, you're doubly dedicated. Ah, uh, I like that. Yeah, very cheesy. I'll be here all night. Tip your waitress. Um, so, you're on a trip. Tell me a little bit about that because you told me a little bit in our own private conversation, but the pictures you sent me look awesome and I want to hear a little bit more about it. Sure. So, um, one of my best friends, Jenny, um, I met her last year and it's her birthday on the 28th. So she wanted to do a birthday trip to Komodo, which is well known as one of the most beautiful areas of Indonesia, which is a beautiful country anyway. It's not that interesting, but it is beautiful. And, um, she wanted to do a boat tour. So, um, she planned this whole thing where we fly to Labuan Bajo and then we do a three, three day boat tour around the Komodo islands. And uh, she invited a bunch of people, but everybody bailed except me. So it's just me and Jenny, and we're acting like an old married couple. Like, we, we fight all the time. We haven't had sex in years, but we love each other. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with her here. We're going to get on the boat in a couple hours, uh, but I got some time at the cafe. And, uh, yeah, look, really looking forward to it because the boat is awesome. Like, I've already seen the pictures, and the islands are awesome, too. So I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what it's going to be like, but, uh, yeah, it should be, should be fun. That sounds so fucking awesome so when you say three-day boat tour are you sleeping on the boat or are you docking somewhere and then like staying at a hotel or something sleeping on the boat sir that sounds great and it's probably better that all those people bailed because i feel like anytime i have plans with like a large group and then most don't go and then it's just a few people it's way better. Uh, I agree with you. And actually, Jenny was like, she's saying she's going to invite her friends and all that. And I was being very selective. I'm like, you're going to invite her. You're going to invite that guy. And uh, I mean, me and Jenny are really good friends. So like, it's it's super fun and comfortable with her. But uh, you're probably right. With more people, the fun may have been diluted. Yeah. And I feel like you just have like more intimate conversations than you would when there's a whole group around. And you can get to like really know someone a lot better on those trips like Mm. i don't know as far as friendships goes it's one of those things where like when you travel with someone you learn a lot about them because you're not usually going to bed and like waking up and like planning a day around with those people usually you do that with your significant other or by yourself so i think when you go on like a trip like that with someone you learn so much more about that person yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and we, we already, um, you know, we flew here yesterday morning, and then we kind of hung around the town and then just went to bed. But, but yeah, it's, it's been great already, and I'm looking forward to the rest of it for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. You just sent me a picture of the boat, and it works. Yeah, you can click on that, too, and see the different rooms. It's, you know, it's it's not great for the podcast, you know, while you're looking at it, but you can just see what it looks like in, in that link. Sick. So, first thing I think, as an ignorant American... It just looks awesome. As an ignorant American, when I see Komodo Deluxe, I think Komodo Dragons. So is there going to be a lot of Komodo Dragons where you go? Because I need to know if I'm a moron or if that's just the name of the island. <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing, and uh, we both thought, correct, this is where the this is where they get their name. Uh, that's This is where the Komodo Dragons are. You got to be careful. It's a good thing you know some martial arts, because if you get into a little tiff with one of those you're you're probably dead so just uh you know be careful out there i i, I highly doubt my grappling ability is going to be relevant with komodo dragons but i will remember that thank you it can't hurt is all i'm saying it, it can't hurt i'm just imagining trying to get a komodo dragon into a triangle and getting my dick cut off yeah don't put it in the triangle try to take it <laughs> back put the hooks in and just remember ear to ear 
don't eerie, eerie. don't get too fancy you just gotta you gotta take the things back because it's it's gonna fucking murder you i think you're um, right so we wanted to talk about something that the doubly negative super fan brought up our favorite person in the world should we say her name uh, no melvina right melvina well yes. that's not her real name anyway i wasn't so. sure but she oh the plot thickens yeah okay so melvina not her real name she is a um, very loyal listener she listens to all the episodes on the patreon and she gives feedback and she responds to us and she is fucking awesome. yeah she's pretty cool so i talk about on one of the singly negative episodes with me like red flags in relationships and when i say relationships i'm not just talking about intimate relationships i'm talking about the relationships you have with friends family and how it's important to recognize these and um, not be afraid to cut out these toxic people Mm -hmm. um, if they are in your life. So that's one thing we wanted to touch on. She had a question that she had Mm -hmm. messaged to you personally that was good or an an idea for um, something we should talk about. So do you have that handy? Yeah, I can pull that up. Okay, so this is the message she sent me after she said... uh... All can hear it. Oh, she's, so is the Patreon. It's more like we can have two different opinions on, about two different people about toxic relationships, like red flags. But I think you're talking about the, the one before that, right? Oh, here, here. I think it's a good idea in Doubly Negative you guys talk about toxic relationships or the red flags in any relationship. Maybe maybe not, are, maybe not all are aware with that or maybe they have different levels to accept that. And mm. that, that's actually a really good point as far as like your tolerance to it. So some people can just deal with it and take the person as in when I say person, I'm talking as in the other person in this relationship. You're willing to deal with that because you enjoy their company so much. I know that seems like a real simple and stupid way to put it, but like you have a really good time when you hang out with them, but also you're held under under a microscope or they're just they have toxic traits. Like, have you ever been in a situation like that? Uh, certainly, yeah. So, so one thing I wanted to say there, that the first thing that the question made me think was different people might have different ideas of red flags too. Like, Yeah, it's not uniform across the board. You know, one, one idea of a red flag might be moving too fast, like, um, you know, getting intimate too fast or, or trying, to, trying to build a relationship too fast, but some, somebody might like that. So, um, so that's the first thing that I thought. But, uh, but as far as like toxic traits and all that, well then, yes, sir. Yes, sir, I have. The last one I, t- I mentioned, la- I mentioned her on the, the last podcast, or maybe the one before that. But um, texting with her was just miserable, and I've kind of realized that now because I'm with uh, I have I have something a little bit more stable going. It's not a relationship, but it's it's a little bit more stable, and the texting especially has been like uh, very refreshing compared to my last relationship. We kind of respond to each other in reasonable time frames, and we don't all of a sudden say, I fucking hate you, bye, and then ghost each other for several hours. So that's just one example of a way that it's more healthy, I think. Oh, yeah, especially in an intimate relationship. If you're, yeah. as far as like the playing the games where you're not answering to make yourself look better or to not look too eager, like I feel like when you're in a relationship with someone, like you need to just, like, just be you. Don't do something to uphold an image because that's not who you actually are and eventually who you actually are is going to come out yeah i think that's well said and um as someone who's kind of been in the game recently i'd say i'd say texting can be a pretty good source of of red flags or lack thereof one of the first things people usually say is like oh well i'm not good at texting like i don't always respond or something like that and they're trying to they're trying to let low, lower the expectations, which is fine. But and it's of course, you know, we we talked about in an earlier episode how you kind of have to play the game very early on in dating. You don't want to seem too eager, right? But no, but I mean, the one the person you're referring to, mm-hmm. this was going on well into dating, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So so in the in the very early stages of dating, you don't want to seem too eager. You kind of do play that game. But as you get deeper with somebody, hopefully that game dies off. And that's what you're talking about. You want to be yourself. Yeah. Right. So if you've gotten more intimate with somebody, and you've been with them for a longer time, hopefully they are kind of responding to you in a reasonable manner. And again, this is not like I'm not expecting anyone to reply to me in in 10 minutes every time. It's just reasonable. Whereas there are many people out there who just 
ghost all the time and uh that that's a big red flag actually is uh and, and again it's, it's a fine line and this is one of those things that it depends on the person this might be a red flag to me it's not red flag to you but reasonable responsiveness is a green flag and unreasonable responsiveness is a red flag for me yeah especially in dating i mean as far as like friendships mm. go like depending on the strength and like the the length of that friendship i guess because i i find myself being guilty of this so I'm going to play like devil's advocate here. Like there are times where like I'll get a text and I mean, it's happened with me and you as well, where I'll read your text and then forget to answer right away because like I'm doing something, but I also want to see what you said. So even though it looks like I read your, your message and didn't think it was important, there are times where I'll read the message so early because I think it's very important and then don't answer because I'm like, okay, I saw what it is. He's okay. She's okay. I can answer that when I get like some time because i don't have time to like actually text right now and that's usually like happens like at work and stuff that so there's multiple ways to look at that no and then that's a great thing to if they have red receipts on th that's a great thing to bring up too because um that does happen with me and you and the way you deal with it um and, and this is not even really required because this is, this is a friendship right and we don't we don't expect much from each other but it's all dependent right but um Usually you say something like, hey, sorry, this is what happened, blah, blah, blah. So you're taking accountability, and I'll do the same thing for you because I do the same thing to you sometimes. Sometimes I read your message, I don't respond, and I'll, I'll do the same thing. I'll say, hey, sorry, blah, blah, blah. Another example of a red flag in this type of situation would not be taking accountability. It would be blaming the other person. And people do this too, by the way. Let's say they take a really long time to respond, and then they'll say, well, why are you expecting me to respond so soon? And it, this is, it's very complicated. This is not necessarily, I'm kind of, I'm going off the rails here. Can you take over? Yeah. So like I was in, not a relationship, but I was talking to this female for a while and she was like, well, you respond mm -hmm. so quick. And it's like, yeah, well, no, I just like talking to you. And it wasn't even that quick. Like there were times, like if the conversation is flowing well and we're both responding quick, I'll respond right away because I'm in that conversation with you. But she still brought that up as like, a, well, oh, damn, you respond quick. And it's like, why is that a problem? Right. Okay, I think I've collected what I was trying to say a little better. Okay, bring us <laughs> paint the picture for I us. I got my brush out. All right, so in the same relationship that I was mentioning before, there were some situations where the response time was absolutely unreasonable. And I brought it up in a pretty sensitive – I'm not trying to paint myself – with this brush as a saint or anything like that. But I just brought it up and I said, hey, what's going on? And instead of- So when you say unreasonable, are you are you comfortable telling us like how long of a time frame? Like, are you willing to provide that? If not, understandable. Cause it's, it is pretty personal if you think about it. Like someone might listen to this and say, oh, that's not unreasonable. That makes total sense. Or someone might no, say- No, no, that, that's like, a good oh, question. he's being overprotective, but like- Yeah, yeah, that, that's a great question. So- Are you comfortable sharing? It, I, re, I knew it was unreasonable because I knew this person. I knew she did not go to sleep until very late, right? And in this particular instance that I'm thinking of, she admitted that she was on a stimulant, a drug that was not going to let her sleep. And uh, she was texting me in the early evening, yeah. I want to say like 10 p.m., and she was saying, hey, I can't sleep, da 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 da, -da. can we talk? And Funny enough, I took too long to respond to her, about one minute. I read her message, and I didn't respond in one minute, and then she freaked out. She said, hey, fuck you, bye. And then uh, I was trying to talk to her again, and then she ghosted me until late the next morning, right? So it's kind of reasonable in, in some context because, well, 10 p.m. to the morning, that's not that bad. But in this context, I knew she was not going to sleep. And then when I brought it up in the morning, I said, hey, what happened? And she said, well... I went to sleep. Why are you? Why are you asking me this? Da 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 da. So that was the second red flag I wanted to bring up. I didn't want to. I didn't want to like expose the situation. I just wanted to bring up that red flag is not taking accountability, not being able to share blame in some situations, uh, always turning situations around to make you look like the victim. I think you know what I'm talking about here, right? Like, basically, inability to take responsibility. Yeah, like, and I, I've experienced that in past relationships and stuff where it's like, oh, well, I did this because you did this. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And it's like, that doesn't excuse what you did. Exactly. Yeah, that doesn't excuse, like, no. It's like the famous, like, old cliche, two wrongs don't make a right. Yep. And you don't know why I did that certain action. Like, say if, for instance, in this situation where she's being spiteful because you didn't answer right away, right? 
She doesn't take into account why you didn't answer right away. You could have been in the shower. You could have been doing something else. But instead, not even asking what the hell took so long, even in a joking manner, she just took offense to it and then retaliated. And it's really not that uncommon. Um, this is this is a very big red flag. So yeah, you look out for that in the beginning of a relationship or even just a friendship is can someone take responsibility? Because we're all making mistakes. In any sort of social relationship, you're both gonna make small mistakes, and and if you can say sorry and own up to that, then that's that's a great sign. And if 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 they can't do that, that's a really bad sign. Yeah, and it's not always like these mistakes aren't malicious either. You know what I mean? It's just like I make plenty of mistakes mm-hmm. in my relationship, and it's just because I'm a fucking moron sometimes, and that's all it is. Sometimes I make stupid mistakes. I'll say something that's super insensitive, not thinking it's insensitive, and it's just because. I'm dumb. But you know what? That's not fair to say I'm dumb because I don't know how you're going to react Mm -hmm. to a certain thing. You know, everyone's going to react to something differently. So it's one of those things where it's just, it's impossible to avoid, honestly, because no one truly understands how one person thinks or how one person's going to handle a certain situation. So it's it's an impossible thing to perfect. And that's probably a good opportunity to talk about like, you know, this is kind of a green flag, but can you navigate these types of situations with openness and vulnerability? And like, for example, let's say you have that type of situation we're describing here, like some situation where you're unresponsive and then it causes a little bit of a conflict. Can you can you sit down with each other and say, this is what happened? I want to hear your side of it. Oh, that's what you thought? Well, I understand why you thought that. You, you get what I'm saying. Can, can you? Is the communication good, right? Are they open to communicating? Are they open to learning? That, that's kind of a green flag, and obviously the, the opposite would be a red flag. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, there, how many times have you been in a situation where it's like, oh, so I did the, like, because I'm one of the types of people that mm-hmm. tries to be accountable for what I'm doing and really try to understand where another person's coming from. So like, and I also flap off at, at the gum a lot. I'll just talk, I'll say offensive stuff thinking it's funny, and then sometimes it's not funny. And I'll be in situations where I'm like, okay, I understand why you find that offensive. I didn't recognize that in the time, and I apologize for saying it. And then if that person is receptive and says, okay, I get it, you don't understand why I feel that way. There's no reason for you to understand why I feel that way, but this is why I feel that way. I'm completely open to that. And I'm very open to apologizing. So it's just being like swallowing your pride and just saying, Hey, okay, I was wrong. I know why you feel that way now, now that we talked. Yeah. Yeah. And like this, this whole conversation actually, even though it's kind of, it's got relationship in the background, like I've been thinking about your whole situation the whole time, um, your whole situation with the, the jujitsu guys, because the whole thing is relevant to this. And uh, just like to give you a pat on the back, like the, the way that you were willing to look at your side of it and open the communication, like that's all green flags in my book, buddy. I'm, I'm, I'm into you. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. So yeah, like I, like I recognized where I fucked up. I pointed out and explained, okay, this is where I fucked up. This is where you think I fucked up. I agree. I fucked up. I'm sorry for fucking up. And I mean, that just wasn't enough. And on the flip side of things, they don't recognize where they fucked up. They don't recognize where they're wrong. And that's the big problem here. And that's why I'm kind of like, okay, with where I'm at right now, because I don't want people in my life that aren't open to saying, okay, I understand why you did that. Like, what's the point? Like, if there's no open conversation, where are we going to go from here? Nowhere. So why am I still having the conversation? You know what, too? That reminds me of another one. Holding a grudge is a pretty big red flag. Like, depending on how big the offense was um, and how the the apology or, or whatever was, how the communication was, if someone just can't get over something, that's a pretty bad sign, especially if it's not that bad, because then you have to wonder, well, what if there is something bad in the future? Because... Um, when I look at a lot of like really long-term relationships or really long-term marriages, one of the things that terrifies me is like a situation where both people kind of have these hidden grudges against each other and they don't really talk about them. And then they kind of manifest in all these other ways, like, uh, you know, a small argument about who's doing the dishes or something like that. Really what they're arguing about is who cheated on who 10 years ago, you know, uh, something like that. So like, 
can you can you have a conversation about something and then get past it? You know, can can you start fresh on on a regular basis? And honestly, that's a really tough thing to do. In the example you cited, like, oh, we're arguing about the dishes, but we're really arguing because mm-hmm. you cheated on me like ten years ago. I mean, you have to talk this stuff out early and not let it manifest because the human brain isn't very reliable. This example has been brought up a lot, but like if you have like four eyewitnesses to a crime and you ask all four of these eyewitnesses exactly what happened, all their stories are going to be different because the brain kind of just, I don't know how how to say this here, but you're you're all going to see that same situation differently. So that's why like, where the fuck was I going with this, Kyle? Oh, okay. So over time, if, if you don't deal with this stuff right away, over time, the image of that situation is going to get distorted even more. So you got to nip it in the bud as soon as possible. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, that's. I wasn't even thinking about that, but you're right. Because, man, the, the human brain is very, very interesting topic. And I, I don't know, that's kind of like pop neuroscience 101. Doubly Negative proudly presents Pop Psych 101 with your host, but um one thing that's really interesting is is, new segment alert uh, maybe maybe but one thing i definitely have read and i have not studied is the way the way memories work chris did you know that every time we remember something we're actually rewriting that memory in our brain we're replaying the memory wait i'm sorry it cut out a little bit there so say that one more time every time you remember an event you're actually rewriting that memory in your brain so that's why small details get changed because you, you, you play that memory in your brain, but also that what plays in your brain is rewriting the earlier one. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And that's why like, I'm always like self-conscious, me personally, if I'm like telling a story about something that happened because I'm very aware that that is what happens, your memory like rewrites the memory. So I'm always like, I hope I didn't say that wrong and I hope someone's not sitting on the other side of this saying, I was there, that's not how it happened, because I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that are very unaware that they are that guy. Like, the kind of thing we're talking about earlier, like, what is that, like, victim mentality, basically? Like, you think that, yeah. you kind of think that everybody else is always doing the bad thing, and you, you never take responsibility. That's uh, that, that's something you can recognize in people, and that's, that's a big red flag. I, I don't want anyone like that around as a friend or, uh, you know, a lover. You said victim mentality, where they always think someone's out to get them? It cut out a little bit. That's why I'm asking. Uh, no, I didn't say anything important after that. That was basically it. Other red flags, Chris. Uh, can you think of anything, like, off the top of your head? Because I kind of went off on those. Yeah, uh, as far as red flags go... Um, one thing that I can personally personally relate to is living under a microscope where everything you do mm. is looked at and it's like, oh, well, there's no excuse. You could have done that. Mm. So I was held under a microscope in one of my friendships where, um, thank you, babe. You're welcome. Michelle just brought me a beer. Um, so I was in like a friendship where enabling Chris's alcoholism is kind of a red flag. That Sorry. is the topic of next episode. <laughs> Can Chris get sober? Tune in on the Patreon only. <laughs> um, where you're like under a microscope and this can happen in intimate relationships as well, where it's like, Oh, well I couldn't go do this because this, and it's like, Oh, you must be lying. Mm you could have made time for it and done that other thing later. You are making excuses. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh no, I'm not. I like this. Something came up and I couldn't do that. And just picking apart every little, every single little thing you do. I, I mean, have you ever been in a situation like that? Because I have been, and it's awful where you're afraid to say what's actually going on because you know, it's going to get ripped apart and you're going to be shamed for Dude, it. I think I've been that person. <laughs> I think um, the mic cut out a little bit. What'd you say? I think I've been that person, the one doing it. Uh, really? Yeah. So I, I think I can speak to what causes it. I think I did that to. Okay. I think I did that to Steve in Texas when we were living together. Um, really? Yeah. So what happened in this instance that I'm talking about is like we were living together for a long time, 
And over time, I built up this idea that I was doing everything for him and that he was doing nothing for me. Um, and I'm talking about like help in some ways. Like for example, he didn't drive. So I was, I was driving him around in my truck and, uh, I would do all these little things and he wasn't even asking me for these things. You know, I'm, I'm admitting right now that I'm wrong. So I'm just giving my side of the story. Right. But, but I built up this idea that he owed me that I was, I was the I was the better one in our friendship and that he, he owed me. And because I had this idea in my head, he, he re okay. So it's like this, right? It's this concept of social capital. If I'm always doing things for you and you're not doing things for me, then my, my balance, my balance of capital is high and yours is low. Right. And that's what it felt like with me and Steven. So if he ever did anything for me, he was just, making the small deposit when my balance was already so high. So he couldn't really win. This was the problem, but he could always lose. So if, it, if he ever did anything that was even the slightest bit offensive or something like that, I was like, how, how dare you? You know, I do everything for you. And, and again, this is my irrational mind in this friendship, but that's kind of what led to it. I felt like I was always doing everything for him. And then, and then how dare he, you know, not wash the dishes for example. It really got that bad where I was kind of like, I was kind of pissed off at him for everything. And, uh, it was, it was a gradual thing that happened, but, um, it, it led to this breaking point where we had a big fight and then, you know, I kind of ended up understanding, but it wasn't until years later I realized like, oh, I was such a bitch to him for a while. No, but I mean, the fact that you're like admitting it now and me knowing you as a person, I'm sure you've talked to Steve about it and apologized. I mean, I'm guilty of that too. And I'm glad you brought up like the whole social capital mm. thing. So like, I find myself doing this in relationships a lot where it's like, oh, I did this, this, and this. Why can't you do this? Right. But while I'm saying that, I'm discounting everything that was done on that person's side. Yes. Right. So like, oh, I mowed the lawn today. You, you can't cook. And it's like, oh, well, you also did this, this and this today. And I just didn't see that as a big deal. But you were doing these things, you know, like you feel like, oh, I did this. So you do this. And I feel like that happens in relationships so much. Absolutely. Yeah. I think this is really classic. It's it's kind of the same thing you were talking about earlier with uh, um, four people see a crime and four people see it differently. I think we tend to we tend to magnify our own actions and then like unmagnify if that's a word the other person's. So so yeah yeah I think it's very common. How do you how do you avoid that? Is it is it like regular check ins or is it is it nipping every every problem in the bud or I, I don't know how do you deal with that. So what I've been doing recently, because I'm definitely like a big, I'm very guilty of this, where it's like, oh, you can't cook tonight. I did this. Like, I, like I'm very guilty of that. And I've done it in multiple relationships and it's a problem. So recently what I've been doing is like trying to make a mental note of what like, well, now what Michelle is doing throughout the day and understanding, okay, so she is doing things, right? I need to understand that it's not only me doing things, even though it seems like it's only me because when I do these things, sometimes I'm alone, right? So she's also doing that on the other end. And I feel like a lot of people just like don't see what the other person in a relationship is doing or don't appreciate it enough. And that's what leads to the fights where it's like, oh, I, I, I mow the lawn. You can't cook dinner. And it's like, I folded all the laundry cleaned all the bathrooms did all this like i mean we both did stuff today. that's basically you know? exactly what i was talking about with my situation with steve yeah i was i was in that situation where i was yeah i was seeing everything i was doing and i, I was completely discounting anything he was doing exactly yeah you just have to be like aware of it that's all like just be aware of what other people are doing for you and don't discount it as little as it may seem all these little things add up i may mow the lawn but if someone's folding the laundry, emptying the dishwasher, cleaning the floors. It's like, okay, so I mowed the lawn. That's hard. Great. But this person did these four things that equal. And even looking at it this way, as I'm saying this out loud, I'm like, this sounds like a fucking psychopath talking about it. I sound like a psychopath. It doesn't. No, I'm, I'm right. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. I think, I think this is extremely relatable. I know, but I, like, we shouldn't think this way. You shouldn't think, oh, I did this. This is, this exerts this much energy. And the, these things that that person did exert this much energy, which doesn't equal to my energy. No, we're all just doing things. That's all, like we're all helping each other out. We have a common goal at the end of the day. 
If you're in a relationship, your common goal, keep the house in order, keep the finances in order, and get stuff done. If you're getting stuff done and you're both doing things individually, that's okay. It doesn't matter who's doing more because there's give and take. Some days you're going to do more, some days they're going to do more. Just accept that and don't pick the other person apart if they're slacking one day because you don't know what they're going through mentally or physically, anything. I don't know. It's just everyone needs to stop living under such a microscope, especially in relationships, because it's so unhealthy. I, I think you're right in, in, a, in a general way, and I, I appreciate the passion you just had for it. But you're taking a, you're, you're stepping back right now and realizing that on a, in a day to day way, like the mentality that we're talking about is it's so powerful that it doesn't really work like that. Like, okay, you're saying, you know, we're both doing our best and, and that's, that's usually true. But what if you're on a day where the other person doesn't seem to be doing their best because sometimes they're not right. So like, what if you did do all the dishes and you folded all the laundry and you cooked dinner and then the other person comes home and you say, Hey babe. And then they just kind of like grunt at you and then go on their phone. Cause that happens, you know? So what do you do? That happens. But, but I, yeah. Would you agree that both parties are guilty of that? Where you're just not in the mood? Yes. And I think that's what you got to do in that situation. You got to take stock of it. But what happens if that happens a couple days in a row? And that, so basically what I'm getting at is like you, you took you, you stepped back a minute ago and you took the idea like we're, we're working at this together. We got to stop living under a microscope. But what happens when you get into this mindset we're discussing is you start to think the other person is not working together with you. You start to think you're the only person working on it. Uh, and I, I think that's where the, the resentment comes from. And I'm, I'm not defending this mindset. I'm just kind of exploring it. No, and I'm sure in a lot of situations that that is the case where one person is actually lazy. And I've been that person in the relationship where I'm the one that's actually lazy. Like I've been there. But some people don't recognize it. Like I recognized it and was like, oh, fuck, you know, I'm being a real piece of shit. I got to put some effort into this. Like I got to, you know, do my part. But some people don't recognize that. And you shouldn't be afraid to bring that up. But that's another thing. Like we talked about like touchy subjects, how to bring up things you're not sure about bringing up because you don't know how the person's going to react. That's one of those touchy subjects. Yeah, I think you're right. And I, I think it. I think this whole discussion kind of ties a bow on the whole thing because it touches on basically every red flag we mentioned. Like, if this happens to you, are you able to step back and realize your responsibility? Are you able to bring it up? Are you able to have that communication, it's, et cetera, et cetera? You know, so so I think I think it's a great example. And um, if you're feeling like that, can you bring that up to your partner? Are they going to take responsibility? Are you going to take responsibility? And uh, that that's... That's pretty much all I have to say about that. That's the thing. That that's why most relationships fail. Imagine trying to find two people that can both accept responsibility, both have open communication, both be open to critiques without being offended. Like I feel like a majority of people aren't built for that. Yeah, and can you do that consistently over time? Because a lot of people can do that fine for a month or two months or six months or a year, but then the grudges build up or the communicate, you know, yeah. Can you do that consistently over time? Um, most people definitely cannot. And I'm, I'm not even sure. I'm, I'm not sure I can. No. Yeah. It's tough. And I mean, we, t I brought this up a few episodes ago where someone had said something about my body hair and moving it on yep. the top of my head. And I'm still thinking about that, even though that person's yep. not in my life, it still bothers me. So it's, it's you're walking a tightrope i feel like constantly that's exactly right yeah and if you if you were still with that lovely young lady would you still hold that resentment eh not so yeah, well I, yeah that was sarcastic <laughs> but if you were um would you you know even if she apologized could you still move on and not hold that grudge and um i had some stuff like that in my previous relationships and the answer was no and uh Unfortunately, I don't know if that's my immaturity or whatever. It was just, you know, that's the end. It not because of those little things, but yeah, can you can you maintain uh, a healthy relationship with with good communication and no grudges over time? I, that's oh, that's, that's a lofty goal. Especially, you know, sorry, sorry to keep going here. Here's the thing that's tough about that. I was just gonna say, you know, I just think about so many people, you know, marrying really young and having kids really young. Like, you know, I'm 32, you're like 24 or something like that. Like, can you, 
can you imagine? I'm 29. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, but we're just learning, right? Like, can you imagine getting married when you're 18? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, and that was the norm back then. Yeah, day. and people are still doing it. Yeah, no, that's stupid. Mm. Don't do that. Fuck, I had something really important to say about this topic. But then we both talked at the same time. I just steamrolled right over you. You did. You fucked me. I take responsibility um, for that. God damn it. Okay, so let's rewind 30 seconds. What were you saying? Start again. Three, two, one. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the clip Jake used at the beginning of this episode. Three, two, one. Uh... I, I don't have too much time anyway, so we, we you know, I don't know if the red flag thing is more, more legs, but might be time to move on. So one thing I sent you today, Kyle... It is Men's Health Week, and one of the things that's been sent around a lot that I've seen is, it looks like a tweet, but it's a statistic. And it says, this week is Men's Health Week. 84 men a week take their own life. 75% of suicides are male. Men are less likely to get help, but speaking up saves lives. Let's encourage men to speak up, not man up. And I've seen this circulating social media for... The last week or so, I've seen it multiple times. Um, the statistics are pretty jarring. I think so. Wouldn't you say, Kyle? Um, I've heard it before, but it was jarring back then. It's just, um, I think that's like the biggest reason. Not the biggest reason, but like me and you getting on here, talking for an hour a week and just talking about like mental health stuff. Like I'm hoping someone's taking something from it. Like I... I want to be part of the reason why the stigma is no longer there about men talking about mental health. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that's what we did with our very first episode too, right? Like, I don't know, we're, we're two guys. We literally just sat there and it, the, the episode's called Self-Diagnosing Depression. Yeah. And we just talked about why we think we're depressed. That was pretty brave of us. Yeah, not to pat ourselves on the back, but Jesus Christ. Yeah. And just a couple of guys with a microphone and a bottle of alcohol, I'm, I'm assuming. When you were here, we... Oh, that was helping. You're absolutely right. That was helping. Yeah, that's what loosens the lug nuts. Anytime we're about to fucking record, just have a couple sips of alcohol, and I'll be way too personal. But it's good in the long run. Well, short run, long run. Because us being personal is relatable, because we're not the only ones dealing with stuff. And if you think yeah. we're personal on here, you know the Patreon, we... <laughs> Oh, we go buddy, way, we go way too deep on there. Mm. We do. Every but. time we listen to one of your episodes, I'm like, God damn. <laughs> so the the whole idea of the the man up part, right? I sometimes I think I'm immune to that because I have been doing podcasts for several years, and I I write about pretty emotional things. So sometimes I think like, oh, I'm I'm just not like that. I'm just not like worried about being manly but then sometimes in my personal life like uh in dating or, or relationships i do find myself kind of clam up um and and want to be want to want to like man up so you know i think it is a pretty big thing and even though i'm not someone that like that that doesn't really i'm not the manliest of men i even still feel it so I, I do wonder, you know, how many guys out there feel this stuff but say nothing. You know, there, there's so many guys that say nothing emotionally, right? So I guess it is a pretty big thing. Yeah, I think so because you don't want to be looked at as weaker. Mm. You know, I feel like as men, it's always like, oh, I'm, I'm a strong. I can protect. I can provide for my family. And, like, you don't want to be portrayed as, like, this person that's going to turtle when things get tough. You want to be the person that's going to be there to protect the people you love. Yeah, and it is this whole thing with like, it still is these days, like mental pain is discounted heavily. Like if if you have depression or something like that and you, you talk to people about it, some people are going to get it, but probably only, only probably the only people that are going to get it are those that have been depressed themselves. Everybody else is either going to tell you, hey, man up, even if you're a woman, or they're going to you know, be sympathetic, but inside they're probably going to think, well, why, why aren't you just manning up? You know, you're, you're fine. So yeah, the whole, the whole mental health thing, it's still like, it's, it's becoming more talked about, but it's, it's still really not talked about enough, I guess. Or I don't know. Sometimes I just think like the majority of people aren't going to understand it. Like it, it, 
it's like it's like getting shot or something like I, I can imagine that getting shot with a bullet is going to hurt but i've never felt it myself so maybe if i saw you yeah. get shot i'd be like hey dude just get up like they do in the movies why are you being such a pussy but i've never been shot so i don't know yeah and you know what i'm i'm guilty of that as well where like before i was like oh how can that person be depressed you have this you have that you have, it's like that doesn't always help the problem and i and i've admittedly have been part of the problem and being like oh how are you upset when you have this this and this mm. you can still be upset and have depression like it's not your fault like i don't know all the intricacies of someone's life like there are plenty of reasons why you can feel the way you do even though you have all of these things that's one of the like now that's one of the statements that pisses me off the most oh this person has so much money and you're depressed oh yeah tell me more about your struggles it's like you don't fucking know what that person's gone through. I would even go. I would even. I would even go as far as to say that it is completely irrelevant, or almost entirely irrelevant. And like, even to say like you don't know what they've gone through, they don't need to go through anything. Sometimes the people that haven't gone through anything are even more depressed. It really has nothing to do. Like you have your external life and your internal life, and you don't need a reason to have a painful internal life. Nobody needs to have a reason. And even if you do, it's, it, it just, I, I think that is probably the biggest misconception we need to erase is like, you have to have been abused or you have to have had some tragedy in your life to be depressed because you're completely missing the point. It's a sickness like anything else. It just kind of comes and if, and actually that's, that's why it's depression, right? It, like if you're sad because someone died, that's not depression. That's, that's tragedy related sadness. If you're depressed, it, it doesn't need to have a reason. Yeah, it's normal. yeah, exactly. So that whole idea, like you need to be depressed because that is the biggest thing I wish more people understood because I'll even like, I'll open up about my own depression and people will be like, well, why were you depressed? It's like, you don't fucking get it. You just don't get it. And as soon as they say that, I understand that they've never really felt depression or maybe they have and they don't remember it or whatever, but either way, they're just not going to understand it because if you ask that question, wait, why were you depressed? Maybe you're just trying to like understand the person a little more. Maybe it's just like a probing question, but it's just, it's just missing the point. There is no, why were you depressed? It's, you get what I'm saying, right? Am I being, am I being too uh, annoying here? No, not at all. I mean, like, and I don't think you should get like upset no, with yeah, someone yeah. for asking why you're feeling depressed because a lot of times like people will first say, oh, like why? Like something happened? And if you say no, so their reaction is the big thing. No, exactly. oh, you shouldn't be depressed. You have this, this, and this. That's a mm -hmm. problem. Or, oh, you're feeling depressed. You don't have a reason for it. Clearly there's something wrong. Let's like talk through things like how can i get you to not being depressed so it depends on their reaction to you saying i don't know because there have been many times i've woken up or just gone throughout my day and been like man i fucking hate today and i sit there and i try to say why do i hate today why am i so upset today let me look at all the things that happened today nothing triggered to me up triggered me to be upset i have no reason to be upset so I'm being dramatic. I'm sure you found yourself doing that as well before you actually understood what depression was. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. But even even that is kind of what I'm talking about. Like, we need to have acceptance for other people. And we also need to have acceptance for ourselves. Because if, if you just say, well, nothing happened. I have no reason to be depressed. I'm being dramatic. That can actually add to your depression. Because now you're blaming yourself for being depressed, right? So it, it's a it's yeah. a really complicated thing, but that's that's basically my own point. My whole point is like you don't you really, it's okay, you know, and and solving it is a whole different problem that I can't even begin to help. But um, but the first step is just kind of like not blaming other people and not blaming yourself. Yeah, and I mean I, that's a big thing. We don't know how to help it. But yeah, that is the tough part about it, where you're kind of hard on yourself because you. I mean, me personally, I always think. I can't be depressed. There's no reason why I should feel depressed. Like I have a house, you know, I have a, a happy life. I have some problems, but who doesn't? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that happens a lot where I'm just like, oh yeah, who doesn't have problems? I should be able to get through this and be fine. It all depends on each person. Everyone's brain works different, which is why we have four different people that witness a crime and they all give different stories because everyone works different yeah yeah and, and like back to the whole man thing it's like 
So already, if you know that people are going to react like this, like, oh, well, why are you depressed, right? And you don't have a reason. And you're considered like the rock of your family. Let's say you're like a father and a husband. And on the surface, everything's okay. You got a good job and whatever. But quietly, you're dying inside how do you bring that up you know to your to your wife or whatever and like it's still hard to talk about even if you have good communication right so so i think that's what happens a lot a lot of a lot of guys are going through this internal struggle but they can't just bring it up maybe it's more socially acceptable for for females to to just say hey i'm i'm feeling depressed or something maybe it's even harder for guys so you're dealing with this internally every day and it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse and then all of a sudden there's no way out except a bullet in the head and uh i don't know like i guess that's kind of what this whole thing is talking about maybe that's what's happening yeah exactly and i think a a lot of this happens because as a guy you feel like you need to be the rock in that relationship right and if you show that you're nervous, that other person is going to get nervous. But mm-hmm. for unselfish reasons, you're doing this because you you want that other person to feel comfortable, right? If you come forward and you say, I'm depressed or I'm sad or I'm nervous because of this, this, and this, that person's also going to feel that way because they're an extension of you. Whether yep. it's finances, whether it's like, you know, something family event, like you don't want that person to feel uncomfortable so you sit there and you say you're fine, even though you're not fine. And I've, this has happened to me so many times where like I've felt like I needed to look like the strong one, not affected by this. I'm not sad. I'm not upset. I'm not nervous. When really on the inside, I'm bawling my eyes out. Yeah. I'm stressing the fuck out. And I just, I'm trying to remain strong to calm down the other person. I've had it too, man. And one thing I want to note here is something that makes it so difficult is that it's not like a light switch. Like you don't just wake up one day and then you say, I'm having this problem because actually then it would be a lot easier to to communicate with somebody. What happens is, is this very insidious, very slow thing where one day you're just not feeling so hot, but it's not that big of a deal. So you don't bring it up. And then the next day, it's like a little bit worse. And it's like, well, it's still not that bad. I can still handle it. So you keep it to yourself because it's not that big of a deal. But then the next day, it's a little bit worse and a little bit worse. And and it snowballs because you haven't brought it up. And now you're used to not bringing it up. And now you're getting used to feeling like that. So that's kind of what I'm saying. It's so gradual and so snowball-y that... um, in the past, like I consider myself a very communicative person. I, I try to tell other people what's going on in my head, but this exact same thing has happened to me, and that's why. It's like all of a sudden, well, not all of a sudden, but gradually I, I entered this internal world where I'm struggling every day, and I don't want to talk about it just because I've kind of hidden it, and now it's now it's normal to me. It's it's like it's like walking into a cave and it's getting darker and darker along the way but you don't you don't say hey it's dark because it's not dark yet it's still light but then all of a sudden well again not all of a sudden <laughs> but it's it's dark now but you just didn't notice how dark it got because it happened slowly yeah and it's kind of like that thing we talk about all the time momentum right you do small things mm-hmm. throughout the day to build that momentum okay i'm taking my multivitamins good i've done that for a few days Oh, I, I've noticed I'm exercising more. I'm building momentum. That also happens in that negative standpoint too, where you build momentum towards severe depression. Like it can happen both ways. It's not just building momentum to feel better. You can also just continuously build momentum to feeling worse and worse and worse. Absolutely. And that's usually what happens to me. And like I said before, I don't want to talk about solutions because I still don't have one. But what happens for me, and I'm just saying this because maybe it's relatable, but one day I just have a little bit less energy and then I maybe just look at my phone more. And then the next day, like all of a sudden the gym is too hard or meditating doesn't seem so interesting anymore. And then those things drop off one by one and it's like going into that cave and it's just getting darker and darker as I stop doing those things. And, uh, yeah, it just happens gradually, but then you're in a place where you're a completely different person and that's, that's what severe depression looks like for me. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely, it's a tough spot to be in. Um, I know it's the worst me, me looking at you from the outside. It seems like you're in a really good spot right now. You're doing a lot of things you want to do. You're exercising, you're, you know, going out, having fun doing what you want to do so it seems like you personally 
are in a really good spot right now. Right now, yeah. But uh, talk to me in six months, and we'll see how I'm doing. It's crazy how like random it is, and how nothing can trigger it, and it just kind of happens. And I kind of feel like recently I've fallen into like a spot where I just don't have the energy. I don't want to do anything. I just want to exist, I guess. And I have no reason to feel this way, but for some reason lately I don't Oh, I've been forcing myself. That reminds me, man. Sorry to cut you off, but we we promised that we were going to, you know, take a step towards therapy. Uh, I did not. Did you? <sighs> so, I went to call, I meant to text Michelle about it and I didn't. <laughs> We have to do this next week for the next episode. Man, isn't this a great example of how hard it is, though? I'm not saying, like, for men specifically, but we happen to be two men. And you go to jiu-jitsu all the time. I'm going to the gym all the time. We do all these other things. You work a full-time job. I work occasionally. But we can't fucking pick up the phone and call a therapist? Like, isn't that a, a sign of how hard this whole thing is? Yeah, I really think it is. It's just oh, making that commitment. So, one... Me and you both have problems with like even seeing a doctor mm -hmm. or just having a commitment to do something that needs to be done, but we both just don't do it because it's we don't feel yep. like it. Whether it's depression, laziness, whatever it is, we just don't fucking feel like it. And it's the same thing with this, I think. Like, I think every day, man, I gotta go fucking see somebody. I've got a lot of issues that I gotta work out. I gotta go see somebody. I made one call four months ago, mm -hmm. didn't get an answer, left a voice message, did not get a response, and I haven't done anything since. That's on me. Well, maybe, you know, you, you are in a, you are in a, well, you're in a marriage, actually. So maybe that, maybe that's yeah. the type of thing you lean on her for a little bit. Maybe, maybe you practice, you know, you, you, you tell her that you're dealing with this and maybe you need a little bit of help. Um getting a therapist maybe she can help you with that you know and, and not in like a naggy way but uh yeah i don't know i'm just kind of spitballing here no but here's the thing she has helped me yep she got me a reference from her therapist to a different guy therapist to talk to me and i i have the phone number i have the card i think it's on my desk right now no i don't know where it is but i have it somewhere and i still haven't done it <sighs> i don't know man it is really difficult. Um, I apologize, but I have to get going. No, no problem. I get it. Yep. We can pick this up, though. This is good momentum. We can talk about us needing therapy and not going. Next episode. Perfect. Cool. Leave this in, Jake. Okay. Thank you for listening to episode, I think, 18 of Doubly Negative. If you like what we're doing, rate the podcasts, download the episodes, delete them afterwards. We don't give a fuck. Just pump the download numbers up. Subscribe to the Patreon. We have singly, ne singly negative episodes where me and Kyle get way too personal. It's like our personal diary. Kyle is a great writer. He writes blog posts. So get on there. Check it out. Thank you for listening. Kyle, anything from you? Kyle already stopped recording. <laughs> Kyle, enjoy your vacation. <laughs> Oh, God, that was good. This is life being bound to love.